I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. Hey, Ben, how's it going? Good morning, Noah. I'm doing good. What about you? I'm doing very good as well. It's been it's been a good last week or two. The the weather is getting nice here in Seattle, Washington. So we've been enjoying getting outdoors, going to on walks mainly. Uh, <laughs> still, you know, we're not we're not we're still uh, following the social distancing, but yeah. we're getting outside because there's not really much else you can do. You yes. just gotta get outside. It's the same and, here, actually. Uh, <laughs> Weather is getting better, but you can't really do anything. <laughs> yeah, are you getting a little uh, sick of that or I yeah, don't know, actually, cabin fever? I actually started to, because I'm still going to the office, and I started going there by bike because I missed the gym. <laughs> mm, <laughs> so I was like, hmm, yeah. let's just go there by bike. It only like takes like, I don't know, 15 minutes. And that's like to counter that missing gym a, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, are you miss? I mean, I guess since you're going to work still, maybe you're not as much feeling this. Are you feeling like you're missing human contact? Yeah, I still think <laughs> that I should meet up with a few people <laughs> who I would usually see and now I don't. So that is, yeah, I'm totally missing that actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of feeling like I live in this virtual world where it's just kind of me and my family. Other than that, it's just like you know online people and like i'm not really talking to anyone in person so it's just a really it's mm. a really weird feeling yeah yeah that makes that makes sense um because i i mean i moved back to my hometown a couple of years ago so i still have a lot of people um who i know here <laughs> and some of them i actually see regularly like once or twice a month and this is basically i can't do that right now and that's what i'm missing most actually <laughs> yeah all right, well, maybe that's enough COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pe- <laughs> people are tired of that. Um, so let's get on to Playgroup. How's uh, it going? Yeah, let's do that. Um, I had yet another very productive week, actually. <laughs> I think you're I think you're on a roll. I am. It's kind of crazy. I uh, every, every Thursday, I'm like, I hope I can keep this up. <laughs> um, yeah. I got I got a lot done. I actually talked to some more potential customers. I did get a new lead from somebody I already talked to. Um, I did make a new video, which I sent out to two people. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished the payment integration going with Pedal, um, mainly because they will take care of all your taxes and everything. They also offer like this feature where you can basically uh, change pricing depending on the region where people are coming from which I think could be nice in the future. Yeah. So have uh, maybe we should uh, stop at this point. Have you used Stripe in the past? Um, I have integrated with it for customers, but not for myself. Okay. Um, and I, so I then yeah, I, th- I was just thinking it'd be interesting to compare your experience with Stripe, you know, integrating that and then Paddle. Because most people oh, yeah. I don't think have used Paddle, but it seems like it could be a good opportunity, especially with the tax stuff you oh, know, yeah. that you're talking about. I mean, if if you would use Stripe, you'd have to do all the taxes yourself, basically. Like you would need to um, right. calculate how much of the money that you're actually getting you need to put away for taxes, basically. And Pedal, they act as a so-called merchant of record, which means they have mm-hmm. basically a registered company in all the countries. 
um, which means they will file the taxes for you. So they are basically kind of like a reseller and they are, or the customers are actually buying your product from them. So they do the taxes, they are the people on the invoices and they just uh, basically give you <laughs> give you the net money that will, that will be left then. Um, right. I have to say but from, from like uh, AP, API side, yeah. does, because obviously Stripe's been around for a while, big company. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people are using them. They have a pretty good, you know, solution from like API wise. Does Paddle compare? Like, does is there anything missing? Like with the different, you know, possibilities that your business might want to do, subscriptions or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think most models can be replicated in, in Paddle. <clears throat> but I also have to say that if you if you really want to set up a complete flow with stripe you're probably building a lot of bootstrap um like you have to account for a lot of things and i think that's way less with pedal um it's a little easier documentation is a little worse i feel um mm-hmm. so uh yeah it's a little bit more complicated basically but once you've figured it out um m- maybe it's just me <laughs> once you get it working though and you understand how you can basically change some parameters when when people sign up for different plans and everything um once you got that figured out it's it's pretty easy uh, so i'd actually nice. say stripe offers probably offers more um control over the entire thing but it's also more complicated which doesn't have to be just a good thing <laughs> yeah yeah and for me it was basically most mostly because of the whole texting situation <laughs> i want to really yeah, right. deal with that definitely uh okay. yeah so um that's with the payment providing <laughs> i also finished the slack and uh, zapier integrations so um they're both working with uh, subdomains and custom domains now one thing that I totally underestimated, however, is the, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, basically the admission process to actually publishing the 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 integrations on the platforms. So what you have to do, and that's this that's for both actually, they want to check your entire authentication flow. So what I had to do is basically set both of them up with a private community. So they need login data so they can log in, need to make them an owner <laughs> of that uh, playgroup, then explain to them, hey, go to the dashboard, they can go to integrations and then uh, like click integrate with Slack. So they can actually go there and check that out. Um, and Zapier wants the mm-hmm. same as Slack there. So I did that twice. Um, and I'm, so you basically yeah, I'm, need a whole kind of test rails yeah. that they can just get up and running and yeah yeah so i'm still kind of in a waiting position there i did send out the the slack stuff to them um and i'm a little confused by the entire zapier <laughs> process to be honest <laughs> i talked to you yeah. earlier this week about that i'm like so what do i need to do now because i've got the zap working but now they require me to have like three zaps in production i think from different people so now i can go and invite people and then you tried it and it wouldn't work because it was not published yet but i can't publish it because <laughs> i need three people using yeah, it. So, yeah this seems like a chicken and egg problem yeah <laughs> but i guess that's just because i haven't really figured out how to <laughs> to actually publish it so i think i gotta do some reading there and uh <laughs> But the good thing is I know that from uh, like the APIs, uh, they are working, like they they talk to each other and I can see how people um, 
get whitelisted once I'm using this app. So I know that it's kind of working. I just need to figure out the, <laughs> um, the whole admission process basically. Yeah. So that's good. Um, and I also this week um, got a real world dump of a well bigger <laughs> discourse forum. So that was that was good. Um, that was very nice to see because I was a little afraid. How would it like, you know, would the import work first of all? Because what I what I tried was basically two fictional discourse forums with just like four users that I set up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I knew that was working, but the import actually worked pretty flawless. Um, there were some some minor things that I could basically fix within an hour. Um, and now it's looking nice. really good. So the result was very good. Um, and it's pretty much usable, actually. Um, I'm just right now going through some of the content there uh, because uh, Discourse actually allows you to post in Markdown. Then they will, in their database, they basically have a, <laughs> a raw and a cooked uh, <laughs> table or, or a field where they where they have the actual markdown and the converted html and in the converted html they actually put some some classes um and that might lead to some weird output <laughs> um because i need mm. to parse that into the block editor that i'm using and so i'm going through some of the css there um putting some display none on some stuff that they would use but i don't need if in the block editor basically um, just fixing that so it looks actually very good. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I, I mean, biggest thing for me was that the whole whitelisting thing is working out. And it is, so I can now go into that dump and sign in um, or sign up as somebody who is who was a member of the old forum. I was actually a member of the old forum, so I can use my account for it, which is kind of <laughs> nice. So I can nice. sign up with my own email address <laughs> for the forum that has the imported dump. Um, and it will basically, it, it will be all there. Like I'm, I'm myself again. I can see my content that I have posted. My latest threads are literally my latest threads. Um, and yeah, I'm actually because the dump I got from those people actually contained all the, um, the actual images of user avatars and the uploads um, that people did on the forum. And I didn't get that in my testing, so. What I'm thinking right now is that you could actually allow people to upload those separately and then fix the links when importing so that people actually start out with uh, with their old avatar and all the um, all the old content uh, and images would also be there. That would be v- very much perfect, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I kind of want to make that work. And then, yeah, then the importing is done. <laughs> yeah, that kind of sounds like a dream. Like... Like you just click a button and everything just comes in. Like that's that's yeah. like the easiest onboarding for anyone moving over platforms. Yeah, it. it I also started writing. Um, actually, started writing two guides. One of them is just like getting started, how to set up your community, and then the second one is how to um, how to you know, basically integrate with integrations. And I want to make a third one just for the importing stuff. And that's actually kind of good because now I have to go through the process of importing myself and I can see, is it any difficult or where could something go wrong? Um, and so far it's really just three steps, get the backup, unpack it, upload it, and you're done. <laughs> it sounds almost yeah. too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. Like that's, I mean, that's like a feature, like a, a big selling point for people, I think yeah. that, they can just jump right into playgroup, basically start wherever they were last off with their whole community. And it's just like, 
we're going. Yeah, yeah, right. And one one point that was also pretty concerning was how big would the dump be? Because the communities that I had were like 1.8 megabytes and the other one was like 10 or, or 18 megabytes or something like that. And now they have around 2,000 threads and I think 20 channels. Um, and that was just, just short of 25 megabytes, I think. So... Um, you know, I optimized and put it all in background thread so the importing would run there. Um, but it doesn't even take that long. Like it's just, I think it's even below a minute and it will show a little spinner and then update you. If it takes a little longer, it will say, oh, this is taking longer than expected. So you're actually getting a nice feedback while the import is running. And then once it's nice. done, it's done. And it basically says, hey, you're all set. You can go and check out now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, very Sweet. glad that worked out. <laughs> Uh, what else yeah. did I do? Um, oh yeah, there's one more thing that I did, which is basically a new feature. I'm calling it widgets. Um, so you've seen the um, the activity tab, I think. It's basically yeah, just yeah. the latest stuff. And there was a little little column left on the right where I wanted to put some some widgets, basically. And I went ahead and wrote two different widgets. One of them is basically just free text, so you can put anything there. And um, like the basic functionality is you go to the back end, you hit customize and you can then um, activate up to three widgets, which will basically be shown in the activity tab on the right side. Um, and the second one is basically that you can have a list of links. So if you're running a community and you have another, I don't know, a homepage that is, that is um, basically important for the community, you can just link it up there. Um, and I'm thinking for the future, you could do something like write a um, polling widget so that the whole community can actually do votes. Um, mm. And then the admin could go and say, hey, I'm activating the voting plugin and I'm saying that's the question and those three are the, the, the possible answers and that will basically then just show up in the activity f uh, tab so people can actually vote. Um, and I don't know, that might lead to some, uh, I mean, that's that's basically all I have <laughs> idea-wise, but I think that's also already pretty powerful because it gives you some uh, some nice little things to build on the future. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, it almost sounds like a little, like it, it could almost become like a little plug-in kind of area. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking maybe you could let people write their own widgets at some point. Um, but yeah, that's something yeah. I'm, I'm already considering. Like, should I open up an API maybe at some point and let people write their own integrations and or widgets? And I don't know. I mean, that's that's very much in the future <laughs> right now. But um, yeah, I think those, those little widgets could be interesting. Um, I'm also thinking yeah. you could do a widget which basically shows the latest five members who signed up so that they get interacted with maybe a little bit more. Um, that's yeah, cool. I see some see some opportunity there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like there's so many places you could go with that. Like, there's just <laughs> so many like little cool things you could build. Like, you know, especially if there's a lot of people using you know playgroup kind of stuff in the future. I think it definitely makes sense to have some kind of plugin, kind of open API that people can yeah. use to like add cool things. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I had one conversation where somebody was like, because I mentioned in the in one of the videos I made that I want to do custom fields on profiles so people can actually say, hey, I need a custom field for what's your favorite book, for example, and then people in the community can fill that out. And it would be pretty neat to be able, as the owner of community, to basically collect some of the data, like everybody's Twitter handle, everybody's favorite book, um, 
so that already came up in some conversations and that would be a perfect example for uh for some kind of public api probably yeah nice that's pretty sweet so my question is because it seems like you're 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 going pretty far here with playgroup winner when are you going to be ready to launch it like it seems like you're getting pretty close like it's there's lots of awesome sweet features and stuff it seems like there, there'd be some people you've been talking to that might be ready to use it reality is i already did launch you know <laughs> i mean people could <laughs> hypothetically sign up right now it's actually online it's all working um playgroup.community oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can actually go there and sign up and uh, play around with it um <laughs> nice and you could actually upgrade to a paid plan as well so um i didn't really announce it anywhere um well you've heard it here first it is live <laughs> actually yeah so yeah people could actually sign up it's uh, it's happening <laughs> <laughs> it's happening it's happening oh man <laughs> um but well, yeah exciting. i, I kind of want to continue talking to those people i have been talking with and i know some of them have some requirements still that i need to need to meet basically and then um yeah i just transition them into customers <laughs> awesome that's cool yeah that sounds pretty sweet so you, you're kind of the plan is just to almost in some ways keep it on the down low like you're not trying to do like a big public launch yeah. or just working with the people you 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 know you've already been talking to at least for now yeah and once i see that i've got a community or two running there um then probably do the product hunt thing and you know talk about it wherever i can <laughs> yeah i i think that's a good strategy because you know especially once you got your first couple customers and they're using it and trolling you know, you can get feedback that way that can maybe help with, you know, even learning how to launch it out to more people yeah, or yeah. if there's, you may, you may find there's some more changes that you have to make with just a couple of people and you can kind of fine tune things to be ready for more people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> that's my week. <laughs> that's a packed week. That's a, that's a good week. Yeah. It, I, I mean, it felt like I did so much. I don't even know how. I'll pull it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're just on a roll. Seems like. Um, so, so yeah, for me, I kind of have some things from the last two weeks cause I didn't really talk about what I did Yeah, yeah right. last week. Um, but yeah, it's been really good. It's, it's a lot of fun. Like I feel like I'm, I'm really enjoying the creative process of building stuff. And I, I'm also just, I feel very positive from the feedback I've gotten from the people I'm talking to that I just, I feel very encouraged that like I'm onto something kind of. Um, so like I, I've talked to a couple more, I'm basically I'm keeping in contact now with some of the people I initially did kind of customer interviews with. Yeah. Um, so like there's a, a support uh, manager from intercom that I've been talking to and he's been really awesome just giving me lots of feedback and stuff and so <clears throat> i talked to him i think just yesterday again and actually kind of demoed what i have so far mm, nice. and uh it was a really good like i 
he was like really excited <laughs> which which got me excited like i kind of showed him kind of one of the things he did and he's like "Ooh, that that is awesome yeah <laughs> you, you hit the the nail with the head or the hammer or whatever, however that saying goes <laughs> well you did hit the nail um, <laughs> nice. i i hit the nail somehow <laughs> not sure if i hit it with the hammer or what but yeah so that was really encouraging. Um, I talked to a support manager at Guru, which Guru is kind of like a a knowledge base, kind of like where mm, all your data yeah. goes, and and they use Intercom and um, got some good feedback there. And so I I think I have around like ten people where like you know I I initially did kind of customer potential customer interviews with them. And I think I there are, you know, 10 people that are interested in this thing that I'm building. And, you know, they haven't committed or anything, but at least, like, I think, you know, it's 10 people that I can, once I kind of have something, I can, you know, send, like, yeah. a video kind of showing what I have or, like, email with images and just trying to get some more feedback. Yeah, I mean... And just kind of keep on talking to them and eventually, you know, try to see if they'll buy into it. Yeah, I mean, that already, that's pretty pretty good to have, actually, so that you can just bounce off ideas and get some feedback on, on your current progress. It's kind of what yeah. I'm doing as well <laughs> with the videos that I'm sending around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's been good. Um, and so then kind of on the product side, I finished up the graphs. So with my Slack app, basically it's it's going to send a weekly report from Intercom. Uh, well, from from my my app, but using, you know, Intercom data. And so it's going to have three different graphs and charts that kind of show the main data points and metrics that support teams care about yeah. and just kind of show it in a nice graph right in Slack. And so I finished those three things up. <clears throat> so basically what my MVP is right now is it, which I forget, I always forget how much of the details I've shared of this. <laughs> Basically, it sends the ratings every time someone uh, rates a conversation in Intercom. It will send those ratings to a Slack channel for the team. And then every week, give out a report um, mm -hmm. of like the metrics. So it's kind of those two things together. That's kind of my initial MVP. Um, and there's there's lots of things I can add on to that, like that I've already talked to with some people about that they'd be interested in, like, you know, like customizations on what data they're seeing, different ways to filter out what ratings they're seeing yeah, yeah, yeah. based on like, you know, if it was a good rating or bad rating and all this stuff. And yeah, so there's a lot of things I can do more, but I'm trying to kind of stop myself here and just be <laughs> like, I'm just going to stick with this MVP, put it out there, just start seeing if I can get some people to use it and benefit from it. And I think that will be a good way to learn more. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm pretty happy with what I have for the MVP. And so now it's kind of like just kind of putting the pieces together. Um, I have some like onboarding stuff to do um, and like making it really just, you know, easy for once they jump in that they kind of see like, <clears throat> oh, this is how this works. This is what I need to do to set it up or anything like that and just make it a really good experience. So I'm kind of working on that part. Um, I just finished a couple of days ago the OAuth for Intercom and the OAuth for Slack. Um, so you have to, for, for, my, for my application, you have to 
you know, authenticate with both of them, <laughs> which is a little kind of crazy, <laughs> but I mean, it's because I'm connecting both. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to, let's see, well, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the or- onboarding experience that we're both using just because I think we're both kind of working on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we talk about that, I'm trying to think if I have anything else just to kind of share. Um, oh, yes, I have a I have a name. Um, so I, I landed on a name and it's been the one I've been thinking for a little while. Um, but I'm going to call my application support man. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. And so it's kind of a play on Superman. And so kind of the idea is that it's going to be like a superhero that uh, helps support teams. <laughs> I like it a lot, actually. <laughs> so, so I think that there's lots of like fun things I can do with that. Yeah. Like, uh, like I could see having like fun gifts and stuff within Slack that you know are kind of part of oh, like yeah. the weekly updates and stuff. Mm. Like even kind of using Superman. Like there's there's tons of great Superman gifts and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so I think it'll be kind of a fun theme. And um, so I'm actually so I working think, with a Fiverr. Oh yeah, yeah go ahead. Was just gonna say you already started the logo stuff, right? Right. Um, yeah, I'm working with a Fiverr artist, logo designer to kind of create a support man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just a very, you know, a very cost efficient way to just get a logo, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, so I'm paying like $50 yeah, for this sweet. logo that's, you know, a, a custom logo. Um, so that's, that's kind of fun. He's almost done with it. I've kind of had to kind of be like hey can you change this and this and (laughs) that (laughs) um but yeah that's so that's kind of exciting we'll see uh what people think about it once once i get the logo i'll I'll, I'll put it out on twitter see what people think of it i want to see this one badly actually (laughs) i want to see it (laughs) tell them to hurry up (laughs) (laughs) okay yes i'll do that um i'll I'll pay him the extra ten dollars to hurry up just for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice um so yeah that that's that's been kind of exciting um oh yes the last last thing i've been working on is actually a blog post mm. um i've basically i'm kind of trying to compile down my thoughts over the last like month of just kind of what i've been figuring out and learning through this experience of picking you know, because kind of my last blog posts were like finding a problem, <laughs> it's, you know, kind of that's a hard part. And so now that I, I feel like I'm on to something, I kind of want to write a blog post about kind of what I landed on a little bit, like yeah. basically the process of how I landed on it. Um, and a lot of that is kind of around the topic of side dishes and main dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm going to title it like why i'm building a side dish and why maybe you should too (laughs) something like that so yeah that 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 will be a a fun blog post it's a pretty long one longer than i usually do i'm not usually into writing that much but it's it's kind of just came out of me it's it's (laughs) funny you mentioned that because i'm actually thinking of redoing my personal side and actually moving away from those longer form stuff and actually do like every other day basically just write what i'm doing right now 
because it, I don't know, it feels like that's easier for me to do. And it's kind of what I'm doing on Twitter anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I could put a little more words there. And uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've seen some bootstrappers doing that where it's almost like a little journal thing. Yeah, kind of like that. I think that could be good for me because I'm, I don't know, I've uh, I, I <laughs> messed up with writing regularly, kind of not fitting it in there anymore. Hmm, maybe I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. You wanted to talk a little bit more about onboarding, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, like I'm thinking about onboarding because a lot of the, I mean, it's really important, right? Like you can lose people in the onboarding experience pretty quickly if it's not a smooth process. Yeah. And so for me with support, man, like it's a little wonky. Actually, I mean, I I think it's going to work out well, but it's not as like I don't have as much control as if I was building my own platform. Since Mm -hmm. I'm building on Intercom and Slack, I kind of have to go through their process. And so kind of what it looks like actually is there's a button that's like add to Intercom and you can you can hit that from the Intercom marketplace or like eventually from my own website. And then it takes you to like, you know, authentication page on intercom where like, Hey, you got to use all this stuff <laughs> that goes through the OAuth. And then it jumps to a Slack authentication page <laughs> where it's like, we got to use all this data mm. and this stuff. And then once you get through there, then, <clears throat> you know, I'm thinking of having like my own website that's redirected to where it's like, Hey, you're all set up, go check it out, check out support man and Slack or I don't know, something like that. And that at that point, you know, you'll have the Slack bot installed um, and, you know, I can kind of continue some onboarding within Slack itself where it's kind of telling you like, hey, this is how these things work. Uh, Maybe you have to do one or two things just to set it up um, right within Slack. And that's kind of kind of what the whole onboarding experience will be. I'm kind of thinking of like right when they get into slack like making it really easy for them to like click a button and show like a first weekly report or something because like that's one of my main features right now and you know you only get that at the end of the week one one time a week (laughs) yeah and so i kind of like want to show them (laughs) (laughs) yeah i kind of want to show them some value right away so that's kind of an idea of like yeah that's a good hey this is how this works click this button and you'll see the last seven days report um yeah yeah. you should do that anyways yeah i'm just kind of thinking through that because i want to do it right um, because it it could be very clunky mm, if I did yeah. it wrong, just with all the steps you kind of had to take. Yeah. So one thing um, that comes to my mind right away is that you should definitely, before people click on the integrating, like on the integrate button, they they definitely need to know what will happen because you got the double O auth coming at them basically, <laughs> like twice the pain. And if they don't realize that they will have to authenticate with both, like Slack and Intercom. Then first they do the intercom mm-hmm. and then they think like, oh, now I'm done. And then they get the Slack authentication. They're like, ah, oh, what's happening? Like I could, I could <laughs> see that, <laughs> that some people, well, you know, like if they don't really right. get it up front, then they might be confused there. So you right. probably want to have so some So this kind is the of- problem. The problem is actually I can have the reverse as well. <laughs> so actually I think I'm going to build in both. <laughs> Basically, they can start from the intercom marketplace, click the install button, and just go straight to the OAuth Mm. without ever seeing any of my website or anything. Um, Or they can start from the Slack app directory, hit install Mm. on Slack, 
and go straight to the Slack OAuth without seeing anything. Mm. So it's like you kind of you kind of don't have control of that. But I um, well, uh, wait a second. In Slack, I think when you <laughs> I think when you publish the application, you actually get to choose what happens if somebody on the Slack marketplace clicks on integrate, and I think you can actually oh. redirect them to your page then. So that would be. That would be kind of neat because then they have to do the extra step through your site and you could actually explain that they would have to do both oh, of them. Oh, that that might be true. Yeah, that would be good, I think. I don't know if it works for, for Intercom, though. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I, I don't think in Intercom I can do that because they just send it right to your auth, the auth URL mm, for your application. Yeah, yeah. But what I can do that would at least help that process is from once they complete Intercom... I can then redirect them to my site that kind of says like, hey, now we're going to take you to Slack to authenticate there. And then they click a button there to to then take them to the Slack off. Yeah, so I don't have to do it good. right after the other. Mm -hmm. I did see that. So Intercom itself has a Slack app that kind of does a few things. I'm kind of building something different from them, from them. But I just went through their process just to see how they did it. And they did it where they just jumped from intercom off to <laughs> slack off <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so i mean yeah at least on like the intercom page when they click that button they have kind of a description of what your app is and images and stuff so like it's almost yeah. like a little landing page where at least in there like i could kind of explain like yeah you this is how the onboarding looks you kind of authenticate with intercom and slack yeah, yeah. i mean i think uh, as long as you however people get into that flow as long as they have a little text explaining that you need to authenticate with both services i think you're good like they just have to yeah. know up front that they will have to do both and then if it if it happens like right away both after one after the other that's probably all right but they just need to know up right. front i think because otherwise that would be kind of confusing like why should i authenticate with slack now if i you know if i'm coming from intercom <laughs> yeah no, that, that's definitely true. So but that's a, it's yeah, a I want to make one, that a good experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like kind of in their face, like, hey, we're going to be able to t use all this data. Oh, and yeah. We'll, we'll be able to use all this data. So it's like, I don't know, like, will that scare people away? Uh, like, So because I had to publish the Slack integration just like yesterday, <laughs> um, they actually make you write a little sentence about each permission. Like, why am I requesting each permission? So I think that was pretty good. So I could basically go like, uh, so we need to read, we need to have basically a workspace channel read permissions in order to let you choose which channel you want to be notified in. Um, and we need this bot write permission so that the application can actually post something. And uh, so I think um, that takes off a lot of the friction or a lot of the fear that people might have there. Um, so yeah. I'm not too afraid too afraid that people might you know chicken out because i'm asking for so many permissions um it's actually just those three i think just read and write and um i, I think I, don't, I can't even read all the all the email addresses by the way now that i'm saying that i was actually thinking it would be kind of neat if i would actually read from your slack i could also whitelist all the users from a slack group right so that would Ooh. also be yeah yes. <laughs> could actually be kind of a neat extension there once i that you could know be. once i get there <laughs> i mean yeah kind of talking about the onboarding for you for playgroup i mean 
that is kind of the cool thing with working with, you know, doing OAuth with some of these big partners that people are already using is you, you just click a button, just authenticate these things, and then I can do every, the rest for you. Like, I just pull everything for you. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> the onboarding is really easy. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like that. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's kind of too twofold actually or more than that because first of all i have the the onboarding where people need to sign up for playgroup right so they uh they need to go to the actual website and be like hey i want to use this product and then um i mean that's obviously a different flow than the oauth flow so it's basically asking for like your name your email and a password then from there mm -hmm. they actually get to a screen where they choose private or public and it says, well, it actually doesn't really matter because you get to choose either of those later on as well. Um, and once they hit private or public, then their um, signing up is actually done. So then they get a little loading screen because it actually takes some time to create the database and all of that. Um, and then they're just redirected to the to the actual login page, which they can then use and share and where other people can sign up for the community then. Um, so that's basically the first sign up. And I tried to keep that as low friction as possible so not asking for any details about the user yeah i mean yeah. obviously they they will have a profile as well in the community but they can all set that up later like just uh just give me the bare minimum um and right I'm, I'm basically no, i think that's a perfect way like you know if you have the control make yeah. that initial onboarding as quick and yeah. painless as possible yeah, if you need something thinking. later you can do that later and <laughs> yeah and i even took that a step further so everybody who signs up is actually signing up for the free plan like they don't even get to choose which plan they want which is good <laughs> because one step less and then if they if they really want the paid plan they basically have to go to the back end to the dashboard to the admin dashboard um, and there they can just go and enter their credentials that will upgrade the account and then they um, they can go along and you know use integrations and they will have more than 100 members and all of the stuff that you get for the first paid plan basically um, so right now I'm thinking that when you first log in and you won't have any widgets at that point, I could actually make a little widget that is only visible for the admin or the owner that says, hey, if you want to upgrade, like click here and we'll just take them there. So that's even less friction there maybe. Um, so yeah, just like trying that. to reduce it as much as possible. Um, and then for the integrations, it's actually kind of the same that you're doing, like go to integrations, click, you know, add integration, then it takes you through the OAuth flow, you're getting back and then you can configure it. So that is that is very, very simple basically. Um, and then there was this one thing that I basically tinkered around with yesterday, which is for all the other people joining the community, especially like if it's a, if it's a private community, but also for the public ones, right? Because you, I, I won't allow just anybody to comment or open a thread on a public community. You still have to have an account, right? Um, so for private and for public communities, actually you also have to be able to sign up and, or yeah, well, both log in. <laughs> Um, and that's obviously different than those actual um, owners of the community signing up. Um, so yeah, I'm ba yeah. I, I basically integrated that into the, the landing page um, that people can send around. So if you, for example, like I set up this community.productjourney.fm, which is a good example of that. Um, so you, you can either like create a new account or just sign up. And if it's private community, it will just say on sign up that if you're not whitelisted, this will basically not work. 
but yeah and that's also just uh just the bare minimum basically just asking for a username and a password and then people can go ahead and uh, set up their profile once they're logged in yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's a that lot that sounds good I, though yeah it is I, a lot but it uh, was a lot of work actually to have those separate um sign up flows basically and signing people up as you as regular members or as the the owner of the of the whole thing basically yeah it's kind of crazy how much work has to go into the onboarding of you know an app where you know for the user hopefully it feel it doesn't feel like that much it's like yeah. pretty quick for them hopefully but there is a lot kind of going on behind the scenes um yeah yeah and it's definitely nice that you don't have to yeah like you do the integration like that stuff is kind of add-ons for you mm, where yeah. for me it's kind of like that's the main thing and so yeah it's kind of like the first thing they have to do um, yeah it's but I, I i'm trying to make it the best that, that i can with that so one one more thing for you will probably also be how people sign up for different plans then right so you also need to get their payment stuff <laughs> um <laughs> yes so, so you probably need to add a third step for them as well right like all for right. one and two and then at some point <laughs> uh, <Three>. <laughs> well so actually my plan right now at least is so i mean there doesn't have to be any payment stuff my plan right now is just to launch it technically free yeah i think on my website i'll say something like a 14 day free trial mm -hmm. and kind of the plan is i don't know what the price should be yet <laughs> and so i'm going to basically do it directly with each user mm, that signs yeah. up and be like hey what do you want to pay oh or, yeah you should pay this and um kind of go from there and so that it will technically be free but i'll kind of get on them and be like hey you need to pay once it's been 14 days or whatever you after just the 14-day free trial <laughs> <laughs> exactly and so it will start out that way until i've kind of figured out kind of a good tier structure and, and price points that i i want to hit and then at that point uh i don't know like i could still kind of see they don't have to maybe there's kind of similar to what you're doing where there's kind of an upgrade thing within your platform like i could have that within slack you know they start out and it's just they're on their 14 day free trial and then it's like hey whenever you're ready uh, here in slack you can hit the upgrade mm, and yeah. uh actually pick your plan that you're gonna go with um and once it's the 14 days come up then i'll boot you or whatever or, or i don't know maybe i won't boot you maybe i'll just be like hey you need to pay now so what i did or what i wrote where wrote in the billing section where people can can upgrade is that um it's basically showing so right now you have your community is x members and you get 100 free um and we'll email you uh when you reach those 100 members and then they basically get one week to enter their payment details and if they don't then access will be blocked <laughs> I don't know like it's yeah it's probably enough time i don't know like this one week is it enough it feels like you should be especially if i'm like it's sending out an email like hey you reached the limit and you need to upgrade um it could send another email the day before maybe so that you <laughs> really right. get a second chance i mean that should yeah. be enough i feel yeah i think so and and kind of my yeah, that's why kind of why how I'm looking at it is I don't need to really worry about that part until I have users. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even then when I have users, it's like 
I can kind of manually do this, some of this stuff. And so that's kind of the plan. Like I don't want to build stuff yet because I kind of want to be able to play around with different strategies of way to push them on to upgrade or whatever. And I mm. can do that manually for now. Like I remember uh, I heard that Tuple kind of yeah. had a thing where yeah, if, <laughs> if, uh, if the, if a team canceled the plan or whatever, they didn't actually <laughs> remove access yeah. <laughs> for the team. So they could technically just stop paying and keep uh, using it. But it's like, does it really like that use case probably isn't going to come up very often. Yeah. And it's like, they probably don't want to use on, it anymore then. So, <laughs> but, but well, yeah. They, and it's like early on, it's like, we just need to get users first. We can worry about that stuff later. Yeah. We'll figure it out once we got them. So, uh, another <laughs> thing that Tuple also did is basically what you're trying. Like they didn't, they didn't have a pricing page up for a long time and they basically tried to right. negotiate those price, uh, prices individually, I think. And, uh, I like the idea actually. It's, it's pretty smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that works. I mean, I, th I just see it as a good way to learn because yeah. you know, I don't really know what the price should be. I'm, I'm going to be selling to companies that are, you know, pretty big, you know, either like 10 employees up to a hundred and even more. And so it's like, I don't know what they're paying for this kind of stuff. Like <laughs> I tried to ask a little bit in some of my customer interviews like yeah. hey w like what do you guys pay for stuff like this and you know most of the people i'm talking to are managers of like support teams and stuff like that and they're just like uh i don't know <laughs> like <laughs> that's not their job like they what? then just kind of I go to some <laughs> financial person that has the credit card so i don't know usually means it doesn't matter so <laughs> so you should charge a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's i talked to another uh developer Actually, that's another little update. I'm, I'm getting connected kind of to some intercom communities. Um, mm, nice. Like there's, you know, a group of some indie, actually just a few of us. There's a couple indie developers that are building intercom apps. And so I talked to some of them, kind of heard from their experience and stuff. And that was like one of, what one of them said is that the kind of companies that are on intercom are kind of like, uh, we want your thing. Tell us what it costs and uh, we'll pay it. Yeah. Like... <laughs> You know, so he said, yeah, don't worry about charging too much. Like that was a mistake we made is we didn't charge enough in the beginning. So, yeah, that's kind of my thought on it yeah, right I mean, now. I think Intercom has has gone up a lot uh, in, in mm -hmm. pricing. They've and really gone up market. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I feel as well. I, I don't know. For me, it's like the way I figure out the pricing is talking to people, how much they are paying now and how much they are willing to pay. And also looking at the competition, basically. Um, I know there's a thing called circles.so, I think, and they're charging 39 bucks, I think. I don't know if they have any restrictions or anything. They're very early days, looking looking like a good product there. Um, and then there is Discourse, which is open source if you really want to host it yourself. Right. And then the next plan is 100 bucks, so I'm below that for, the, <laughs> for most people. Um, and there's, you know, stuff like Tribe and you can basically compare to them. And uh, I don't know, like 50 bucks feels about right right now. I might actually yeah, change that no, up that's later. Good. I don't know, like if, if, I mean, if you sign up right now, I would probably give you a little bit off that initial price just because you're like very early on and right, um, right. there will be bucks. And I don't know if you, if you sign up basically as like the first five users, I probably give off some of the pricing and then later on, um, I mean, if, if you sign up now, I would keep you on that price level forever. 
Um, and then later just charge new customers a little more if I see that that it's actually worth more to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just see how that it goes. That sounds good. Well, not trying to cut you short, but my computer is about to die here <laughs> and uh, we've gone a little bit over, yeah, but I think it's been bit. good. <laughs> um, hopefully that was helpful to you guys uh, hearing about onboarding stuff, how we're trying to do that. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and we'll, uh, keep you guys posted in our future, our future episodes. So talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.